It is that time again, that time for another episode of the Man to Man podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Dooley. Alongside of me, as always, all the way from somewhere, the middle of nowhere, a pile of red dirt in Oklahoma. <laughs> My guy, first name Trey, last name Vine, but I call him TV, big time TV. TV, what's going on, bro? Not much, man. Uh, ready for another? Ready for another episode? Just hey, enjoying en- enjoying this NBA playoffs as it goes on, man. It seems to be surprising me every day and getting a little more exciting. For sure, for sure. Um, as you guys can always count on, TV has a Mountain Dew. I heard him crack it open. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Literally seconds before the show. I didn't even say anything about the Mountain Dew. <laughs> but you heard it. Yes, at this point, you don't have to say that. No. I think I've said this before. You don't have to say anything. Uh, this man, I know he sleeps in a chamber full of Mountain Dew every night, guys. Wakes up, rinses the Mountain Dew off, and then drinks a can, um, you know, to get his day started. Like, it is. <laughs> hey, coming up on today's show, the Man Man Podcast, um, the Clippers. No, let me start the other way. As always, this is Dad Joke Friday. So me and TV compete for the best. Dad Joke, we give our Cardinals and Royals updates. Um, can this 12-man roster on the Olympic basketball team in this year's Summer Olympics, can they win gold? Another no-hitter in Major League Baseball. And can the Bucks tie up the series tonight? But we begin with the national holidays. This one will resonate well with TV. TV, today is National Catfish Day. What is the best-tasting fish? Is it catfish? Um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no, it's not catfish. I would say that's my second favorite, but crappie is actually my favorite. Um, mm. But catfish would, would be number two. Crappie, crappie would be number one. Um, you know, when I saw this national holiday, I, I, I obviously first, being, being a, a redneck and a country boy, I, I thought of catfish, like the fish. But then mm-hmm. I also thought, oh, wait, but what if it's actually for, like, the catfishing, like, that you do when you're, you know, like uh, catfishing online. You know, like catfishing someone. And I was like, surely yeah. that's not. Surely that's not what it is. Surely it's the catfish, the fish. Yes. Yeah. Catfish would probably be my favorite tasting catfish. I'd probably go salmon, salmon next. Um, and okay. I don't think I've had crappie, so I, I would like to taste that. See what, see what, um, see if it's as good as TV say it is. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow is National Beautician Day. It, the the studies say. There's actual science and studies to back this up. That once you, you know, get your hair done by your stylist, your barber, your beautician, um, your confidence goes up. We all feel better about ourselves, about our um, our appearance when our beautician gets us hooked up. So shout out to all of our beauticians, the guy who keeps TV, uh, his haircut looking nice. That way when he's sipping on his Mountain Dew can, he looks really good. <laughs> and Sunday, yeah. it is National Bingo Day. Uh, you can't go wrong with a good bingo game, right? Yeah, right. Good classic, good classic American game. I don't know. I, I assume it's American, but nonetheless, yeah. we've, we've played it for a long time. Good classic game. Yes. I, American, I, I, that sounds about right. I, yeah, I'm with you on that. We won't fact check that. But, yeah, let's, let's just safely assume bingo is an American game. Yeah. Right, yes. To get sh- today's show started, we start with the Clippers. Get back into the series, as they always do in game threes. With a game three victory at home <laughs> against the Phoenix Suns, um, 
TB, your thoughts on the game three and Eclipse getting back into the series? Uh, what is it about game threes, Kelvin? I don't, I don't get it. There, there, there's got to be something. They just, they, they turn it on because they just won game three without Kawhi, and Phoenix even had Chris Paul return, which should have given them an even bigger advantage, right? Right. Uh, clearly not. Something wasn't clicking for Phoenix. Uh, the Clippers played good. Paul George played good, um, and the Clippers stayed alive. I'm shocked. Um, Without Kawhi, I really thought this team was going to be down 3-0 and looking at a sweep. Um, but they're still in it. I don't know how much because with Kawhi done for, I just I just don't know that this Clippers team can come back again from 2-0. I, I don't believe that they can, especially against the Suns team, if it was somebody else, I might be able to see them coming back. But against the Suns, without Kawhi, I'm just not sure that this Game 3 win is going to be enough to – carry them, you know, all the way back for a comeback in the series. I still advantage Suns still for me. And, look, you're not wrong. Um, look, I mean, the, 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 the Phoenix Sun played the worst game of the postseason last night. Yes. Literally, it was their worst game. They shot 38%. The Clippers shot six points, percentage points higher than that. Their top two players in Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined to go 10 for 40. Wow. In that game last night. I mean, that's just you, – you're not winning the ball game shooting like that. No. Uh, and then when Chris Paul comes back, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne de- uh, departs with the ankle injury, and he never showed back up in that game yesterday after playing four minutes. So, uh, right. it was just not a good game three for the Phoenix Suns. It was written on the wall four minutes into that game. I'm sorry, uh, four minutes after um, Cameron Payne leaves that game and then the onslaught of this bad shooting. They weren't going to win that game. Paul George played well, and I've said this before maybe multiple times. He's had a really good postseason. Yeah. Uh, the shooting numbers won't say he played so well. He was 9 for 26, but 15 rebounds, 8 assists. He played a really good game, if you ask me. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns just, I don't know. I, it, they were due for this game. Every postseason, uh, regardless of the C, regardless of the top teams, Every top team is due for a game like this when they hit the road and they just don't play their best brand of basketball. So they won this game. And yeah, like you said, TV, um, without Kawhi Leonard, I don't I, I don't foresee this going seven. I really oh, yeah. don't. Uh, maybe not even six. Maybe the Clippers were good for this game because I don't know what in the hell has gotten into Reggie Jackson. But, man, he's playing some good basketball. I don't know where <laughs> the hell Terrence Mann came from. And I don't mean collegiately, just – but the last two months – of basketball, he's really been probably the best player. Um, him and him and Cameron Payne have probably been the best players off the bench in the postseason. I think I think I can safely say that the two best bench players in this postseason has been Terrence Mann and uh, Cameron Payne. The Terrence Mann started last night. That's an adjustment by Ty Lue. But nonetheless, he's been a really good player. Patrick Beverly returned to being Patrick Beverly last night. Like talk about a pest and someone who just gets on your nerves. He was that guy. Yeah, um, the Clippers just—they did what it took to get back into series, and now it's two-one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Terrence Mann because he—he he has been one of the one of the biggest surprises of the playoffs, and one of the biggest absolutely one of the biggest you know just kind of eye-opening like wow you know this guy might be something. Um, kind of like Tyler Hero probably was last year in the bubble. Um, yeah, but but yeah, Terrence Mann is is looking good, but I'm afraid. They need him to be honestly even better if they want to come back in this series. They need him to play like a star. 
I mean, he's not going to be a star because of he's young, but they need him to play at that caliber if they want to come back in this series. Because I think he's the next guy that they're going to look to to get buckets um, other than Reggie Jackson and Paul George. So I, I think they need him to play at an, at an insane level throughout the rest of the series if they want to come back from down to one now. Yeah, he's done that once. He had a 39-point performance in round two. Uh, yep. So it was not far fetched. Your prediction on game four tomorrow night? Yeah, I think I think I think everything gets back to normal for Phoenix. I'm I'm going to take Phoenix. They're going to go up three one. I I just with with Kawhi not playing, man, I'm I'm out on these Clippers. Getting to the point to where I guess you were to to start the playoffs without Kawhi, I I don't believe that these guys can can get it done against Phoenix. Yeah, I don't think Booker and Paul duplicate duplicate that performance, and I do. I agree. I think the Suns have bounced back in game four. Any issue with Kawhi Leonard sitting in the suites opposed to on the bench with his teammates in the playoff oh, game? A lot of issues. Yeah. Okay. yeah big, big time. That's I, I don't I don't care for that. I know this isn't high school and college basketball. You know, they're not all your bros. They're not all your your buddies. But like you're still a part of that team. I, I think you should be sitting with your teammates. I I I can't be shocked or surprised because, I mean, this seems like a very Kawhi Leonard thing. It to does. Do. <laughs> yep, it does. Uh, but I kind of agree. I don't take issue to it, but in the postseason, yeah, I kind of want my best player on the bench, injury injured or not. If it's not for COVID reasons um, and he's able to walk just like the rest of us, I mean, yeah, I kind of want my guy on the bench too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just figured I'll throw that out there. Go ahead, TV. Yeah, no, that I, I agree 100%. Yeah, as long as you can walk, as long as you aren't sick and you're not going to get everybody else sick, come come down here and sit with us. Talk to us. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, his IQ has got to be out, out through the roof, you know, like share share some of that IQ while you're sitting on the bench and not playing, you know. I, I don't know, but oh, well. Exactly. Um, nonetheless, we do have another playoff series. It is the Eastern Conference Finals. The Atlanta Hawks, I think, shocked a lot of people by taking game one. 119 to 116. Um, so they have the 1 0 lead on Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Kelvin, uh, game two is tonight. What do you think? What What did you see from the Hawks in game one? Did they shock you? Um, and what do you think is going to happen here in game two? No, they didn't shock me because at this point, I'm grown, I've grown not to be shocked at anything Atlanta does. Like, with, I mean, I, I, would, I believe Milwaukee's the better team. But I believe Milwaukee could lose this series like easily. I don't think it's, it's it's no longer a shock to me when they when they got out the second round and beat the Sixers, or when they came back from twenty six points in Game Five. I immediately told myself, "Hey, this team could win it all." And this in this NBA season, with the best player remaining healthy, is m- maybe Giannis, maybe Chris Probably. Paul. Probably. You know, like yeah. yeah, like the Hawks. It wouldn't be so far if they won a title. But back to Game Two. I wouldn't no never mind. Let me go back to back to game to game one. Because I was so amazed by a in-game alley oop off the backboard. I was so amazed that this first time postseason appearance for Trey Young, he's shimmying at the three-point line. Never <laughs> I've never seen this from KD. Um I I don't think I've seen it for Curry in the postseason. Uh, who has great showmanship, you know, when he when he's getting these 30 foot 30 foot shots. Damian Lillard's not doing this. LeBron's never done this. Like, wow. Amazing. Uh as far as game two, look, Milwaukee has to win this game. Cause you do not want to go back to Atlanta, who has proven to be a ruckus crowd in this postseason, 
down 0-2. You just don't want to do that. And give Trey Young more confidence? Jesus Christ, he has enough already to be truly told. So, <laughs> so you don't want to give this team confidence. I know Bogdanovich kind of limped into this game uh, inside of game one, but you give those guys that juice for game three down and they're up 2-0, uh, Milwaukee, this is not the team you want to play with at this po- at this time in the postseason. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Bucks tonight, uh, but I would not be shocked if Atlanta won this game. I really wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, game one coming out, man. Trey Young for one, he played he played unreal. Uh, 48 points, shot 50 percent from the field, or roughly 50 percent. Uh, I don't remember now what the final numbers were, but he was close to 50 percent and about 30 percent from three. Right? I mean, you can't. You can't complain with with those numbers. You, you would probably like him to shoot a little better than thirty percent from beyond the arc, but he's shooting fifty percent overall. I mean that that's efficient. Forty eight points. I mean that that's an efficient forty eight points. That's a great basketball game, and uh, led his team to a game one win. I think the you said that you aren't shocked anymore by what Atlanta does. I think because it's, this is their first rodeo, I am still shocked a little bit. Even though I am going to be your biased Trey Young guy, I am still shocked a little bit just at, at watching them complete some of these games that they've, you know, these wins and the comebacks and, and just getting to where they've gotten. Just because this is their first rodeo, this isn't – none of these guys are experienced. Clint Capella has been to the playoffs, but I think that's it. Uh, Gallinari's probably been there. Oh, Gallinari. Yeah, I forget about Gallinari. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, I don't know if any of the other guys are. Bogdanovich was a, was a king last year, so I know he hasn't been. Um, <laughs> it's just a lot of these guys haven't been there, so I would say I'm still shocked a little bit at some of the things that these guys pull off. But 48-point game, a game one win over the Bucks, who I think are favored quite a bit in the series probably. Um, just – I don't know. I, th- these guys continue to shock me, continue to impress me. Um, and game two, I would like to stick with the Hawks, but I think the Bucks are good enough um, that they're going to win one at home before it goes back to Atlanta. They're going to even this up. Um, I expect I expect another good game, man. I think this series is going to be close games. I think it's going to be um, probably a long series. I'm not going to I'm not going to say seven, but I I, I think six or seven. Uh, I don't think there's any shot one of these teams wins this series in five. So uh, this is what scares me about the Bucks because they're similarly constructed like the Sixers, where their best player is a big man, yeah, in Giannis. And I, I think the lone difference is Chris Middleton is the closer. Philly did not have a closer, no. And you know, I think they have some of the same attributes or traits on defense where both teams were just long and can be physical, uh, the Sixers and Bucks, And we've seen what Trey Young and company did to that same team. Um, I don't know who's a better coach, Doc Rivers or um, Udenhoser. I mean, I guess that's a coin flip, truthfully. So I, I don't I don't know. Like, if I'm following suit from game from the previous series, I got, more, I got a little bit more confidence in the Hawks. But, yeah, I, I think Giannis, who is – Again, probably the best player in this postseason at the moment between the four teams. If he's the best player, then he'll do what it takes to win game two, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And on to go ahead, TV. Oh, I was I was just gonna say, and with the difference with the differences, you kind of mentioned Philly, the similar similarities because you know, the both both big guys are the best player on the team. I think 
not that Philly isn't long and athletic because they are, but I think I think Milwaukee's even longer and more athletic. Yeah. I think Giannis is long and athletic. Chris Middleton's long and athletic. Drew Holiday's long and athletic. Um, I think you just got a lot of guys that are long and can defend, and they're going to have to utilize that to, again, make shooters cold in Atlanta. Um, because once those shooters get cold in Atlanta, they're kind of um, – they, they definitely get limited on their offensive options. Um, and then defending that pick and roll, man, I've said it probably four times already throughout these playoffs, but defending that pick and roll against Atlanta is huge. Now, I use all of those same points against against the Hawks um, when I was talking about the Sixers defense, and, yeah, that didn't work out too well. On to Major <laughs> League Baseball, or TV, Chicago, the Chicago Cubs completed the eighth no-hitter of this Major League Baseball season. I don't know why they're having Gabe Madison uh, credit for his no-hitter yet. I, I don't know why. It's, it's not too late. I know we're two months away, two months um, past that that no-hitter performance, but they can still do it. It's never too late. You've got to, uh, so, you've, you've got to just forget about that, Kelvin. No, you've I don't. But I don't. That. No, no. <laughs> I don't. That was a no-hit performance. It the Chicago Hubs no-hit the defending champion Dodgers, which is a bigger shock to me. Uh, the, the Dodgers with that talent from one through nine or being no hit. Uh, TV, your thoughts on the Cubs tying the Major League single season record with the seventh, with the official seventh no hitter uh, and doing it as a team effort. It wasn't one lone guy. It was a complete team effort. Yeah. So <laughs> this kind of this kind of brings up a few things um, may not even be directly related, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. So we make our crack down on foreign substances, right? Yeah. To um, take that advantage away from pitchers. Uh, we get a no-hitter two days, three days into the, the crackdown since that started on Monday. So just mm-hmm. a few days into the crackdown, we get our we get our first no-hitter. Um, it comes from four pitchers rather than one because uh, it was not, like, like you said, it was not just a starting pitcher throwing a complete game. It was four pitchers, a, a group effort to get this no-hitter after the crackdown. And instead of it being on one of those bad teams that we had been talking about, all the no-hitters had been against, um, who were batting like two-something as a team, low twos as a team, uh, because obviously high twos would be good, but like low twos as a team and maybe even under 200, um, some of those teams that were batting horribly, it comes against a really good team in the Los Angeles Dodgers. So right. a little, a little weird, I guess, complete opposites, right? It wasn't one pitcher. It wasn't against a bad hitting team. Um, and we don't have our foreign substances anymore. And now we get our seventh no hitter. So uh, maybe, maybe pitching is just on point this year. Maybe we just need to own up to it that, that the pitching has just been good this year. Um, I don't know, but I, I Hey, these, these are fun games to watch. Nonetheless, I like, I like when pitching dominates every now and then it's, it's fun for me to see. I like, I like seeing good fundamental baseball and no hitters are fun for me to watch. So uh, I enjoy it. Unfortunately, it came from the Chicago Cubs. Could have been a better team, but <laughs> nonetheless, yeah. another no hitter is always fun for me. Yeah, no, no hitters, regardless of the circumstance, sticky substance or not, they're always a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of this game, I didn't watch this game. So I, I'll speak more about the, um, the seven no hitters. Um, I mean, it, that was just a quality performance from the Cubs. And hopefully, um, I'll say this without bias or a lack of bias or whatever, whatever the proper phrase is. Hope, let's say that this spurs the Cubs to go on to, and to, you know, have a good season heading into 
have a good streak of games heading into the All-Star break here next month. Um, as for the Dodgers, I, I don't know. As for a defending champion, you get performances like this. You know, None of us could probably foresee a no-hit performance from the Dodgers where they get completely blanked like that. But the, it's not like the Dodgers are going to come out here and play their best brand of ba- baseball every single day. Like, we see this. We've seen this from the Chiefs against the Raiders where, you know what, there's a hiccup, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and that same hiccup spurred the Chiefs on their streak where they eventually go to the Super Bowl. Maybe it's the same thing for the Dodgers where, you know what, we didn't we, – we came out here kind of lazy today and we didn't bring it and we got no hits. Uh, and, again, with that lineup, legitly one through six is just maybe – is, is probably the best in baseball. And then one through nine or seven through nine is just to complement um, just how, how great one through six is. But um, I, won't, I, won't, I won't sit here and go hard on sticky substances like I've had the last two weeks. Um, I'll leave that for another discussion because Major League Baseball is going to find a way to show up again and check. They probably pull Jacob DeGrom aside again and check his belt loop and check his, you know, Check his hair strands. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> look, the fact that there is seven and we're only, what, four months into the season, TV, I, maybe we're just in an era of pitching. Um, and I don't know. This just I – don't, I don't know if an era, is, uh, an era of pitching in Major League Baseball is what we need. Um, I, don't, I just don't think it's what we need. I don't know. It's just not. We need to see we – see, we need to see the bats come alive. So – well, good for the Cubs, but I don't think it's that good for Major League Baseball. If we end the season with 14 no hitters, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. That, that's where that's where I'm at. Um, I, I'm with you on that 100. percent Like, I think I think having good pitching for a season, you know, and, and having you know maybe more a, a few more spectacular performances than usual is okay. But when you talk about doubling your your career, an MLB career high for no hitters in a season. Then, yeah. then we're talking about like I mean that's just that something's going on like why <laughs> why would we double double the career high we've never even seen more than seven if we end up with fourteen or fifteen we're talking come on like there's something that that's crazy. yeah but and check this out this is the worst part about it four of those five four maybe five of those of uh, those no hit bids four or or five of those pictures were one screw up away from a perfect game. Like someone yeah. got the, there was a hit by pitch on the heel of a toe or heel of a foot. Um, there may have been a walk. Um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, Kluber had a walk, one yeah. single walk. I mean, I mean, there was just lit, legitly one one mistake cost these guys perfect bids. It's not like these are dominant no hitters. These are like guys who messed up with one pitch, one pitch, and they lost a perfect game. Like the pitching has been dominant this season it's one thing for it to be good or great it's another thing for it to be completely dominant i don't know yes. if i want to watch dominant pitching night in and night out yeah not not yeah, quite this not time. dominant pitching no yeah exactly um and, and to add to your point i think one of those guys had a drop third strike that ruined like he yes didn't, he didn't yes. even walk or hit a batter he struck a guy out but lost his perfect game because the catcher couldn't catch the ball because it was in the dirt so, I mean, just crazy. We we had so many guys on the brink of perfect game, not just no hitters. Um, but nonetheless, um, that'll jump us into – we're going to go back to basketball now, Kelvin. We're going to talk about uh, Team USA, the 12-man roster. 
Um, before we jump into this, though, and I'm going to let you introduce the names to, to the to the roster. Um, before we jump into this, I do have a since we're back to basketball related, I have a question for you regarding NBA playoffs, real quick. Yeah. Um, on the Western Western Conference side, we have a two seed and a four seed. On the Eastern Conference side, we have a three seed and a five seed. Yeah. Kelvin, Kelvin, is this good? Does it make a difference? Is it bad for basketball that we do not have a one seed in the in either conference finals? Because I think this is a first in a long time. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I think this is a first in a long time we haven't seen a one seed in the, in the conference finals. I think it's great for basketball. And I think if I'm just taking the trip down memory lane, when LeBron lost, I think my my point of view on that loss was this was ushering in a new talent in the yes. NBA. And it's proven to be true with Devin Booker and his performances um, and Trey Young, right? And I know that's just true of a lot of young stars, but Donovan Mitchell got rolling there for a second. Yep. Uh, Luka Doncic, I mean, I, I don't know if he's elite, but certainly he's on the cusp of being elite. And his yeah. first round um, stats and, and, and highlights were amazing. So uh, I think it's great for basketball because I think the top players in this world, and again, a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Giannis may be top five players, but we only get one of those guys. Um, we only have Currently, we only have one top five player in the postseason right now. I think so for the other four or five, who come back into this? Um, come back into the game next season. That's just motivation to come back out here and dominate. So LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Stephen Curry. When those guys get back healthy and get back into the game next season, um, we're just going to see a lot of good basketball, and we'll see yeah. guys like Trey Young, and Giannis, and um, Devin Booker chasing those guys, having proof that they can make deep runs into the NBA postseason. Yeah. So if. I agree with you. I think it is good for basketball, and I'm going to go a step further. I think this might be the most exciting NBA playoffs I've watched since, I don't know, maybe like LeBron and the Spurs making it to the finals. Like, it's been a long time. This has been exciting playoffs for me, and this, from start to finish, this has been better. We've only had two sweeps. I think one in the first round and one in the second round. Um, Only had two sweeps. We've got a mixture of seeds, two through five, no ones. Um, I, I just – I think this has probably been the most exciting playoffs I have watched from start to finish um, in a long, long time. And uh, you mentioned stars and lack thereof in the in the playoffs right now. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to that as well. We are talking about an Atlanta Hawks team who's up 1-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals being led by Trey Young, who did not even make it to the All-Star game this year. Yeah. So uh, if that isn't a boo-boo on the NBA, I don't know what is. Um, but, oh, well, Trey, Trey's got many more years to make an all-star game. And Absolutely. on to the Team USA in the Olympics. Roster was announced. We're going to talk about if they're good enough to take it all. Kelvin, uh, break down the, this uh, 12-man roster for us. So headline headlined by Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard. Followed up by Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant took the place of James Harden, who backed out of the uh, Olympics um, maybe like a week ago. So that is your 12-man roster with one elite player on the roster in Kevin Durant and, prob- and a really good point guard in Damian Lillard. 
and yeah. uh, someone who finished second in scoring, Bradley Bill. Is this a roster good enough to win gold? I am going to say no, TV. I, I do not think so. I, I do not think so. Uh, my worst fear is seeing Kevin Durant get hurt in these Olympics. Because, uh, again, he is two years removed from an Achilles injury. I, know, injury. I know he put a lot of that to rest with this postseason run and what he was able to do in this, this season and this postseason. Uh, so it isn't even fair for me to doubt it, but it's a, it's a fear of mine. So with that being said, the next best player is Damian Lillard. And can he lead this team against some really good talent, you know, across the globe in these Summer Olympics? I don't think so. Like, you know, this this isn't this isn't baseball or this isn't football. I don't know. Like globally, basketball has definitely caught up with NBA basketball, with American players. Uh, Again, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, like it is caught up. There are quality Bogdanovich quality players Absolutely. playing in this league and will be really good competition for the Americans heading into the Summer Olympics. Is it enough to win gold? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, it isn't. Mm, man, it's tough uh, because you're it's right. Well, globally, basketball is – I don't know if it's completely caught up, but it is catching. No, 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 no. It has completely caught up to <laughs> Completely. And- and there, there are guys from all over the country playing in the NBA that are good quality players. Um, you know, I think, we, man, KD, is probably the best basketball player in the world, right? Or he is the best basketball player in the world. Probably, um, yeah. At least the best scorer for sure. And I think, I think in these Olympics, man, we're used to seeing our, our Team USA guys putting up, you know, big time numbers and just blowing out some teams. I think Kevin Durant, I think Kevin Durant, I think he's going to be able to score the ball enough for this Team USA team to possibly win gold. Um, the depth of this team definitely concerns me. Damian Lillard's going to be great, though, to, to go as a one-two punch with KD. Um, man, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be biased and, and say our Team USA goes ahead and takes the gold. I think I think this team's good enough. I think you're, I think you're underestimating them, and, and, I, and I understand the, the injury scare, but I mean, that's just part of it, I guess. The, the only question I have is do these guys, that, if they're willing to load manage in the NBA, they have to sit out if they, <laughs> they, they have to sit out if they even have a tweak in their ankle, right? Because, I mean, the Olympics is not as important as the NBA, is it? Or is it more important? I don't know how you would view that. Um, no, the NBA season is more important because that's where you make your paychecks. You get your paychecks from the yeah. NBA and not the Olympics. Um, my, I have two questions. Was Kevin Love, was he fit to be on this team given his pe- previous three seasons? And hell, if not to go back that far, his previous season, his past season with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and would this team be able to play enough defense? So I project the start lineup of Durant, Lillard, Bill, yeah. Booker, Middleton, that's a small I, lineup. But it's a small lineup, but their biggest – so the biggest big is what, Bam out of Bayou or Kevin Durant? Yeah, Bam would be their big guy. So, I'm, I don't know. Is, is there enough defense? They can fill it up. They can put the ball in the hole. They'll be able to score with anybody. Oh, um, yeah. Spain, uh, whoever, Greece, it don't matter. They'll be able to score the ball. Yes. But defense, can they hold up defensively? Because their best, the best defensive player is Draymond Green, so he may be in that lineup, but he's aging. And then what? Uh, Chris Middleton is a good per- perimeter defender. Drew Holiday's on the team as well. Um, I, I just don't know if they'll be able to hold up defensively 
uh, glo- against this, this, uh, this global talent. So, uh, and then Kevin Love, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think they yeah. could have got a little bit better than, than Kevin Love. <laughs> With your question on Kevin Love, yeah, I think – I I mean, he's a good ball player, right? And, and he's been he's been kind of – Is he, a, though? Is he? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, he's getting Yeah, older. he was. He, getting, he's getting older, but, like, in his defense, he's also played for a team that's been – um, in the shadows of everyone, because they've been one of the, the Cavaliers have been one of the worst teams in the NBA for those last three seasons. So, in his defense, he's been in the shadows of every other basketball player in the NBA. Hell, he's been in the shadows of his own teammate, Colin Sexton, because he's not even the best. He's he, he's at least not the most exciting player on his team. Colin Sexton is because he's the young, uh, good guard. So, in his defense. Yeah, I, I think he's still a good ball player. I think he's probably just been in the shadows of really bad basketball um, and, you know, not being the young star anymore, which not that he, he was when he was in Minnesota. He was a young star, uh, but he's not the young star anymore, and he has that young star on his team in Colin Sexton, so maybe he's just kind of we, – we've just kind of forgotten about him a little bit. Um, I don't. I still don't know if he's Team, team USA Olympic team worthy, uh, but – Maybe give him a little more credit than what we were giving him initially. <laughs> so you say he's been in the shadows. I disagree. He's just been in street clothes a lot. All right. Maybe. Maybe that's <laughs> it, dude. <laughs> he's been injured a lot. And yeah. whose fault that he's still in Cleveland? His fault. He took the money, right? He, he signed a massive contract after LeBron and Kyrie left. He signed yeah. a, a huge deal. And I don't blame, blame him for taking the money. You know, go get your money. But, uh, hey, it's only fair that I question you now because you rather took the money they compete at a high level with a quality basketball team. So, sorry, K-Love, but, you know, hey, man, I don't know if you're that good. <laughs> I don't know if you're that good no more. I mean, you know, okay. you've yeah, been, yeah. you know, what, you know. Well, um, I, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, t- Team USA is going to win the gold this year. Why not? Okay. Now time for our weekly update, our Friday update on Trey's St. Louis Cardinals and my Kansas City Royals. Um, I think I kicked it off first last week. So, TV, uh, give us the update on your cards. Yeah, hang on. Uh, I'm getting a call from some people in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and sell the franchise. Um, you guys can you guys can have it. Uh, they'll be the Omaha Cardinals <laughs> from now on. And um, just good luck. Um, yeah. See ya. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, the, the Omaha Cardinals sounds pretty enticing because the St. Louis Cardinals can't win, Kelvin. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> we just got swept in a two-game series by the lowly Detroit Tigers. Jesus. Wow. And well, then, at, least we, at least we got that in common, man, because the, car, the, the, the uh, Tigers beat up on us, too. So, we got that in common, at least. And then we start a series last night, Thursday night, against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we lose game one, eight to two. It's not even a close game. Uh, this is just – this is a bad time for Cardinals baseball. Um, pitching is just awful. Uh, hitting hasn't been much better. Hitting's going downhill too. So, just a, just a bad time. I don't know. I, I think it's time – maybe not the manager, but I think it's time to call for some coaching positions, man. Get, get, get a new hitting coach. Get a new pitching coach. New bullpen coach. I think I think the Cardinals need to just scrap up the coaching staff. We clearly have the players, we have the names, um, but the production is not coming, and it's been stagnant for so long. 
I'm willing to call for some position or call for some coaching jobs. I think I think we need to tear tear the coaching staff up a little bit. So soon, so soon. Look, man, uh, we're we're 75 games or so into the season. I think if I, if I'm on tracks, about 75 games into the season, and we're playing this bad. Yeah, man, I'm. <laughs> this is not Cardinal baseball, man. We're 36 and 39. I think. Like, come on, that's that's. <laughs> Cardinal baseball, and this is just—we have too much talent to be losing the way we've been losing. I think, I think the the two against the Tigers were six to two and eight to two, and then you turn around and lose to the Pirates eight to two. That's three games against bad teams where we got beat like twenty four to six. I mean, come on, like that's that's not baseball. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, you're you're the cards guy, so I can't really speak too much on that one. I know, um, I was aware that they lost the series against the Braves just to go back a series before or dated back to the last Friday. Yeah, uh, how do you think they fared against the Braves, a, a really talented team, a young talented team? Um, we we struggled to get the offense going against Atlanta. The pitching was a little better against them. I, I don't remember the scores of those games. We had one game where we blew up, and, and they and they scored a lot of runs on us. Um, but the only game we won in that series was the first game of the doubleheader on Sunday, um, mm. which, at, which Adam Wainwright, by the way, I think threw a three hitter. Um, it, he threw he threw a complete seven innings, on, only gave up three hits, uh, and we won that game one to zero or two to zero. Okay, and then and then lost the final game. So I think our pitching was a little better in that series, but again, we couldn't get the offense going because even the game we won, we only scored one or two runs. Um, so yeah, just. We're inconsistent, man, and that's kind of been the the tale of this season. They've, I th- I think it's got to fall back on coaching. I mean, just you have Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. You know, we have some young talent in Tommy Edmond and, and Dylan Carlson. It just Yadier Molina still on the team. He's a great veteran leader. I just, I think he's the only guy batting over two seventy is Yadier Molina. Like, I mean, come on, there, there's too much inconsistency with the lineup that we have. I think it all all has to fall back on coaching. That was going to be my next question, right? So you get, at least over the last decade, you have two of the best hitters in in in, in the National League in Goldie and Nolan Arenado, and arguably two of the best players in their league at their respective positions uh, defensively as well. What happened offensively to those two guys? Like, where did where what happened? Um, I don't know. Either there's a, a, a an offensive bug in St. Louis, and you just you just forget how to hit when you get to St. Louis, or coaching staff, man, like that. Again, I've got a. There's no reason those two guys aren't hitting the baseball. Tommy Edmond was even quoted um, last night after the game saying something about thinking that they were not taking a good enough approach to what mm. to to what they thought the starting pitcher was going to do. You know, each day, each game, um, and I mean. If that doesn't sound like a comment on the coaching, I don't know what does. He didn't say anything about the coaching, but he said he didn't feel like they were taking a good enough approach. <laughs> that so, is coaching, or is that just a weird surge in pitching? Like maybe. So the, again, those, over the last decade, those two guys alone had just been some of the best hitters, not just in the league and in, in their respective league, the National League, but in baseball. Absolutely. And now they're being blanked consistently by fourth rotation starters. I mean, it, it just don't it just don't make sense to me. I, I I like to see hitters hit, especially hitters of that caliber. Yep. Again, the last decade, those guys are 
silver sluggers and go go glovers hit the ball and they can't even bat over 270. Something's wrong, man. Yeah. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. All right. On to the Royals. Um I'm not so low. <laughs> I'm not so low <laughs> like TV is. Uh we're three and three, I think, since last Friday. Uh I like to think that I'm a good luck charm because the single game that I showed up to uh this past Sunday against the Red Sox, they won seven to three. There we go. And um yeah, so they took two games. They took the series against the Red Sox and then followed up with a series um, defeat against the New York Yankees. Um, and the Royals issue over the last six games, and by the way, we got previous to the Red Sox, beating the Red Sox in two out of three games. We were swept by the Detroit Tigers. So, um, I look, TB, I feel your pain, man. And I get to see the Tigers a little bit more often than you do, a lot more yeah. often. And I can explain why we get our butts kicked against that team. I just don't – I can't explain it. Yep. The issue over the last six games with the Royals, um, I mean, they've just been up and down. I mean, they're yeah. they're a below-average team at best, and, I mean, they're just doing below-average things. Um, Minus he has to stay in the lineup, stay in the lineup, not leave when he tweaks his, you know, tweaks a, I don't know, his earlobe, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Danny Duffy, our veteran pitcher, is returning um, here relatively soon, maybe – this weekend or, or early next week. Um, and then, we, you know, we're hitting that time with the All-Star break is, you know, fast approaching. So baseball kind of dips in terms of performance as we enter that uh, that realm of, of baseball. So uh, they've just been a 50-50 team. The pitching has been good some days. It's been bad others. The hitting's been good some days. The hitting's been bad others. Uh, I know at the bottom of our lineup has really stepped up. The bottom of our lineup. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine. I has really swung the bats well. The top of the lineup, so Whit Merrifield and Salvador Perez. A lot of strikeouts, a lack of production. Uh, they just got to be better at the top of the lineup. But at least um, there's, at least there's a little positive sign though, right? Like you won one or two against Bo- the Boston Red Sox, and you yeah. at least and you at least won one against the Yankees. Um, heck, that's that's better than the Cardinals winning one against the Braves, who are below five hundred, and then. <laughs> And then losing everything to the Tigers and Pirates so far. So, yeah. At least you're beating good baseball teams. Yeah. Um, So, last Friday, we beat the Red Sox. We come back and follow that up with a 1 7 defeat. And then I was at the game Sunday where the bottom of the lineup really carried us. Um, You know, Gerard Dyson, Hunter Dozier, uh, you know, six through nine really has some quality at bats. The Yankees, they pull out a tough one, a comeback victory. They follow that up with a walk-off. The Yankees get a walk-off, and then they completely dominate us uh, yesterday. So now we head into Texas, another bad Major League Baseball team who can't hit the ball. And it's yeah. not like we're great. We got a great pitching staff, so we should be able to beat these guys. I, on paper, it seems that way. So, I, Mike, you know, I, I, I truly don't know what they expect, but I expect us to win this series because Texas Rangers aren't that good. They're just not. Yeah, I, I, I expect the same. Uh, yeah. I, just hope the, I just hope the Cardinals can come back and win this series against the Pirates after that bad game one uh, to start the series. But I think you guys have Mike Miner on the hill tonight, and he's been solid. So maybe you guys can at least get the win in game one with Mike Miner throwing. Yeah, that's our our, our, our old man. You know, Mike Miner is 16 years old, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, but he has, he has had a good season. I know it's crazy to say anybody with a ERA above 450 is having a good season, but – he has had a good season. He's pitched the ball well. He was on the mound Sunday when they beat the Red Sox. So uh, he had a good picture performance that day. So, yeah, hopefully he can keep it up. And I want to say he was a Ranger last season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I so, think that might be right. 
yeah, it'd be good to see him go go against his former team. So there you have it for the St. Louis Cardinals and Kansas City Royals update. It wasn't that happy and jolly. No, like we've come not. To... <laughs> it is not. <laughs> like we've come to expect, but um, there you have it. Uh, and now, time for our weekly edition of Dad Jokes. Um, at this point, I am done counting who wins because I know I am losing by a, a long stretch, just like the Cardinals and Royals. So, uh, TV, you want to kick us off or you want me to go first? Honestly, it doesn't matter to me. If, you, if, you, if you're ready for it, you can get it. If you want me to go, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll kick it off. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, here you it's, go. It's that good, huh? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I think we do it all the time. I think we've done this 10 Fridays, and, you know, it turns out that seven of them aren't that good. Uh, <laughs> so. TV, what yes. do you call a hippie's wife? Let me think, because uh, I honestly, for some reason, I feel like I know this. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know. Go ahead. Hit me with it. What do you call a hippie's wife? Mississippi. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I knew I had told that one to somebody before. I knew I knew it, but I, but I forgot about it. Yeah. Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. I like that one. Okay, so this one's this one's pretty random. I just saw it on Facebook last night, and I was like, oh, what a, what a coincidence. I see a dad joke on Facebook the night before I'm going to have to tell a dad, dad joke. So that's this one I saw last night on, on Facebook. It was like a meme someone had created and said, oh, hey, here's a dad joke of the day. All right, Kelvin. I saw 50 Cent uh, making a sweater yesterday. Uh-huh. So I looked at him and I said, gee, you knit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that was that's hilarious. <laughs> G unit. <laughs> oh man. Boy, you know, that dad joke, that was funny now, but in 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 during 50 Cent's run when he was blazing hot, man, that joke would have crushed it. Oh yeah, it would have. Oh, yeah. And that was funny now. So but no, that's I can't beat that one. I don't know if I can come up with a backup to beat that one. That one, that's a good one. Uh, hey, what's, you got a career in this dad joke thing, man. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> I guess in Oklahoma they grow up just teaching their kids how to tell dad jokes. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, redneck and a little little uh, hillbilly helps helps you tell dad jokes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the countryside of me helps helps me tell a dad joke. Yes. Yeah, well, another episode in. Um, TV gets the best of me in dad jokes. Uh, TV with another one in. Um, another Friday edition, man. Yes, sir. Another great show. And I don't know if you've been keeping track, but this is episode number 20. So 20, nice. down, and 20 down and no telling how many left to go. A lot more to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, please leave a comment, man. Tell us what you think. If you hate the show, I would love to hear that. how much you hate the show. If you think I'm corny, and then very uneducated on my sports takes, please let TV know. Um, <laughs> you know he's never beat me in a debate since we started this show. Okay. Um, oh, 
one last thing. You did get a yeah. comment, by the way. You you told everybody to comment about about my Mountain Dew and and why I shouldn't drink it in the gym. And my mom said I should stop drinking it because of kidney stones. Um, Mama, had, thank which, you. Which I've had one before, but only uh-huh. one. And uh, I was a little upset that my mom told me to quit drinking Mountain Dew. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> thank you, Mama. Because this, I look, I I have no issue with Mountain Dew and who consumes it and how much. Don't care. Could care less, and I love that I can, you know, I can look at TV and say, "Hey, that guy loves Mountain Dew. That's what makes him special." Okay, but Mountain Dew in the gym is ridiculous. <laughs> that is borderline insanity. TV, Jesus, I don't know how you get through a game <laughs> drinking Mountain Dew pre hoops and post hoops. No way. <laughs> no, no way. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. <laughs> that'll do yeah. it for today's show. We yeah, that'll do it for the Man and Man podcast. Uh, you going to close it out, TV? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I was just, just going to wrap this up. But, yeah, I was just going to say we'll be back Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Hopefully hopefully, Country Boy, City Boy quiz. If not, we'll have some other fun segment to, to share with you guys. There you have it. See you guys Tuesday.